We're continuing a a five-week teaching series called Fight Club this morning. You can talk about Fight Club. We've decided that. In fact, uh, this morning as we uh, address the topic at hand, this is going to be the first time I've ever talked about this publicly. I've never preached on this topic, ever. And uh, last week, we kicked off the teaching series looking at Matthew chapter 7. And didn't uh, Pastor Rashad do an awesome job last weekend, Sharon? Uh, Love him. He's becoming a good friend and can't wait to have him back soon. He talked about Matthew 7 and how to build our lives on the firm foundation of Christ and particularly practicing his words. Here's our theme verse for the series, Matthew 7, verse 24. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And so the way you build your house on the rock, that in the storm of 2020, and it is a storm, isn't it? See, there are two ways of addressing it. There's the house that was built on the shifting sands that doesn't weather the storm well, and the house that was built on the words of Christ, the the rock, and they were able to weather the storm. Both of us this year are going to have to weather the storm. It's what our foundations are that matter. And so we're fighting to stay healthy during this year. That as many of you headed back to school, your kids headed back to school, you're a teacher, that we would fight for our spiritual health of our family. This week, we're going to talk about physical health, physical health. In the coming weeks, we're going to talk about how to weather the storm of the financial health that some of you we've heard have lost jobs and are going through hard times or are fearful of the future. We're going to fight for our family or our relational health, our marriages, the way that we date, our family's health overall. And then finally, we're going to talk about emotional and mental health, something I think we all know we need to address, especially after the last six months. But here's what we did. So I polled our staff, because they're human too, you know. So I thought, hey, guys, tell us, uh, what's this last six months of since COVID started? What's it been like for you? And there were things that I anticipated, like, oh, man, there's just my anxiety level has just risen. Anybody in that boat <laughs> this morning, the anxiety the worry, or some of the man, feelings of depression. And, but then I started pressing a little farther, and there were financial concerns for their family. And then finally, it, something came up that I didn't expect. Multiple people said, you know what, if I'm being honest, the last few months I have gotten really out of shape. <laughs> Anybody? You don't need to? Okay, yeah, thank you, James. Thank you. Maybe you're at home. At home, you can raise your hand. Nobody sees you. Like, you have not been physically feeling well. And I want to encourage you that your physical health is a spiritual thing, and God actually cares for it. And so this morning, it's not about vanity. I'm not going to try and get you to sign up for CrossFit out in the lobby afterwards so you can start getting those gains, baby. No, instead, I want to talk about that may be good for you and your health, but what does it look like for you to stay physically healthy? One staff member even told me, You know, uh, Josh, I had never really exercised before because I didn't think I needed to. And I usually struggle with anxiety and worry, but this is the year of any time I should have struggled with it. And yet through the COVID this year, I've been okay. And part of the things I changed my habits that I work out once a day and I just feel better physically and it's changed the way that I address issues in my life. What if God wants you to be physically healthy so that he could actually use you during this season? 
I believe that this is the best time in the history of Christianity during my lifetime that I have ever had the opportunity to live my faith out. It's easy to live our faith out when everything's going well. It's hard to live our faith out when there are trials and persecutions. So if we're not spiritually ready to fight back, including physically healthy so that we could address the issues that we're facing during this time, we're probably not going to be the body of Christ, Christians together, the local church, that we could be. That's what I want to talk about. Build our life firmly on the foundations of Jesus' words by making ourselves physically healthy. I'm going to address it. Are you ready to study God's word together, church? Here we go. Uh, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 12. 1 Corinthians 6, verse 12. If you've never read 1 Corinthians, Paul is writing to the church in Corinth that has all kinds of sin going on. I said this a couple of weeks ago. There was a lot of sexual sin occurring there. In fact, the chapter earlier, there was a discussion about a young man who had had physical relations with his own mother. And he was bragging about it to the Christians saying, well, God's forgiven me more. So, I, you know, you need to feel, feel like uh, the Lord is more, working more powerfully in my life. And they say, no, 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 no. By no means should you go on sinning in the flesh because you now know Jesus. You should actually purify your life. And then it talks in verses 12 through 20 about how to actually care for your body. And most of this passage, we have to keep it within its context. This passage is about seeing your body as a part of this sexual sin issue in that culture in the first century in the city of Corinth. But I believe for us today, it implies some things about our physical body that we need to be aware of that goes beyond just uh, sexual practices. Here we go. First Corinthians chapter six, verse 12, Paul writes to the church, I have the right to do anything, you say, but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but I will not be mastered by anything. You say food for the stomach and stomach for the food, and God will destroy them both. The body, however, is not meant for sexual immorality, but for the Lord and the Lord for the body. By his power, God raised the Lord from the dead, and he will raise us also. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ himself? Shall I then take the members of Christ and unite them with the prostitute? Never, never, it says. Do you not know that he who unites himself with the prostitute is one with her in body? For it is said, the two will become one flesh, but whoever is united with the Lord is one with him in spirit. Flee from sexual immorality. Look at the seriousness of this. All other sins a person commits are outside the body, but whoever sins sexually sins against their own body. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. I want to be honest about uh, the reason I have never really preached about this. I ha often have not seen the physical care of my body as a spiritual issue. And churches rarely talk about this issue. But as you saw there, and as we'll address, it refers to your body as a temple of the Holy Spirit. And for me in particular, I'm going to share some of my personal reasons I have struggled in this area of my life. Some of you see me, you go, you're a young man, Josh. What do you have to talk about staying physically healthy? Others of you, you're like, that's an old man up there on that stage. I know some of you. It's funny, Pastor Luke that was on our staff for a number of years now leads the Northwest location. He's like, I don't know, maybe six years younger than me at the most. He talks to me like I'm 100 years older than him. 
And so regardless of how you view me, I want to talk about what the Bible says about our physical health and how to care for our body. And the question I want to ask you, are you caring for your physical health the way God commands you? Because if we're going to face everything we're walking into with a new school year, one of several attributes that we're going to have to address to get healthy is our physical bodies and how to care for them during the season. That's what I'd love to discuss. Will you pray with me? God, I know we're all in here and you have given us uh, different talents and abilities and given us different physical attributes and some of them we like and some of them we don't like. God, I pray that you would take my words away this morning, that we would focus on what your scripture actually says and that it might transform our way of thinking. That we wouldn't pursue vanity in the area of our physical health, God, but that we would pursue staying physically healthy so that you could use us spiritually to impact a generation, a time period that desperately needs you. God, I know that there are some in this room or attending online that have ingested things, inhaled things, drank things that are destructive to our physical bodies. God, I pray this morning wouldn't be about guilt or shame, but be about receiving your forgiveness and grace. It would transform our lives, that we would live differently, that strongholds would be broken this morning. We give you our physical lives, and we pray this in Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Amen. Can I tell you my own journey with this? So here's, here's my journey. I grew up, I loved playing sports. I played them all growing up as a kid. I got into my early 20s. I got really into working out, baby. I was working out like six days a week. I was looking swole. I felt good about myself. And I began to realize I was spending two to three hours a day in the gym so I could look a particular way. And when I didn't look the way that I wanted to look, I would have to go to the gym more so I might just look a little bit more and I could just really refine... And I started feeling guilty when I became a Christian that I was doing these things for vanity and for vain purposes. And so I felt this conviction, okay, God, like I don't want to give in to the enemy's temptation that I just care about what I look like in the mirror. I, I want to be healthy spiritually. It doesn't matter what's going on on the outside. It matters what's going on on the inside, amen, spiritually in my life. So I want to be used by you. Then came the next decade of my life. I got married, met my awesome wife. She didn't care about some of those things either. And I thought, this is great. We are holy in the Lord's eyes, not like those sinful people going to CrossFit all the time. <laughs> and then I got, I, we had our first child and I stopped caring about what I ate because I was just trying to stay awake during the day. Young parents, anybody out there? Then we had our second child. Many of you know our story, he passed away. And then I really didn't care about any of that stuff because all that matters is what's happening to us eternally. Who cares about the physical body and what's happening here and now? And as we had two more children and I uh, began to find certain uh, flavors of ice cream I really enjoyed, and we found it easier to order a pizza online, you can do it from the app on your phone right now, than to cook a, a healthy meal together, began to set, uh, set some unhealthy habits in my life. Don't raise your hand, but you've been there? Well, thank you. Yes. He's honest. You know, some of us, I worry in COVID at home that that's been your, your struggle, your habits, that you don't leave your house and that it's produced some unhealthy physical things. Alcohol sales have shot through the roof in the last six months. 
because of the issues going on. The opiate crisis that was being addressed but still had problems has only gotten much worse, I'm told, because of the obvious things that we're all facing. And I want to tell you, after a decade of living in a way that I didn't care for my physical body, it produced some results I didn't like. I shared with you my health concerns a couple of weeks ago that I had for over a year, been having some stomach issues. What I didn't share was, three and a half years ago, I had my appendix removed. And I wonder if some of the health issues I've been facing this year had to do with my appendix being removed. And if you're like, well, dude, you were a young man, why'd you have to have your appendix removed? I got it removed a couple of days after Thanksgiving. Any of you guess why I had to have my appendix removed after Thanksgiving? You may not know how this works, but usually when your appendix gets swollen, I was told by the ER doc, is because you've got some uh, form of food that's got stuck in that little stringy thing we call an appendix. And it caused it to get infected and to swell. In other words, I had picked out so much at Thanksgiving dinner, I had to have an organ of my body removed. That's the truth. You think you have a problem. You have a lot to live up to, folks. And so I realized, even though I didn't feel like I was an unhealthy person, I had developed some things that I hadn't cared for the bo- my body the way that God teaches us to. We will look and judge on people all the time for trashing different areas of their life spiritually, trashing their family and, and not looking out for their best interests, not being good stewards of their finances. But when we don't steward our physical body well, we say that's the American way. You don't believe me? Do you know that a third of people in the United States are considered obese? Did you know, this is the one that blew me away, two-thirds, so another third of the American population is considered overweight. That means only a third of you are in the category we would want to desire to be in. That struck me. And if anybody should be addressing this, it should be us as Christians as a spiritual issue. Say, well, what does this have to do with being a spiritual issue? Do you, do you know what the Bible teaches on this? What does the Bible actually say about your body physically? You know, I, I heard uh, uh, Rick Warren. I don't know why. I was listening to this sermon from like a decade ago, and he was talking about this stuff. And, and so I, I, some of these points came from him. And I was struck by, I mean, he was admitting some of his sin because he's not a healthy physical person, at least he admitted 10 years ago. And I was thinking about my own life and how I failed to live this out. See, I'm going to give you so many points this morning. You better get a pen, ready to jot them down, get on Evernote. If you're online, get the laptop out. You're just going to sit there and type some notes. There's going to be so much information. It's going to be a little different this morning. You're going to drink from the fire hose of information so that we know what the Bible says about this. Uh, Number one, what does the Bible say about your body? God expects you to manage or steward your body well. 1 Corinthians 6.12 talked about, I have the right to do anything. You can do whatever you want, right? but not everything is beneficial. Look down to verse 13. You say food for the stomach and the stomach for the food and God will destroy them both. The body, however, is not meant for sexual immorality, but for the Lord. Again, this passage is talking about the use of your body for sexually immoral things, but I believe it demonstrates things about our body that are true across the board. That you're you're not meant uh, for sexual immorality, but for the Lord and the Lord for the body that you are to to care that there is a spiritual thing that the Lord cares about your body. He values you. 
so that you should look at your body in a different capacity, the same way we teach good financial stewardship so that you utilize your resources well, so that you could save, so you can make a greater impact for the kingdom of God through your financial resources, that you should do the same thing with your physical body. Care for it. Steward it well. And I felt convicted I hadn't been doing it. I began to change some habits before I even had the issues I've had the last two months. About uh, back in April, I started uh, running 3Ks and 5Ks, and I am not a runner. I was always more of a sprinter or a, or a four or 800 kind of guy in track. I played basketball and tennis and other things. I was not a distance runner, but I just, man, I felt like I got to get healthy. And I was surprised over time how I saw some improvement. I still can't beat my 11-year-old. But I'm, I can smoke myself from four months ago out on the cross-country course. And so I want to tell you, you know, I'm getting convicted and trying to live this out, and I hope you would too. So the first point, God expects you to manage your body, but two, your body is God's property. This might be the most controversial thing this morning. We teach all the time that your body is yours, and, you, you know, you have control of your body, and certainly, certainly when it comes to some of the heinous things, that is true. But from a spiritual perspective, did you create your body? Did you knit yourself together in your mother's womb? As the Old Testament says that God did. So if God created us, uh, uh, that one of the biblical principles here is your body is his. It's his property. We're taught to do what we want. He said, no, you didn't create it, so you don't own it. In fact, it says uh, again in uh, verse 13b, the body, however, is not meant for surrounded, but for the Lord and the Lord for the body. Do you realize why this is? Leave that up there for just a moment. See, in, in the Greek culture, even though the Romans were in control, there was still this Greco-Roman culture, and it was considered that the physical and the spiritual was a dualistic uh, metaphysics. You know what that word means? Not important. But this dualism that the physical was evil and the spiritual was good. And so the idea here that the body was meant for the Lord that the Lord cared about the body, that it was actually a good thing, that God values your body, was foreign to the Greco-Roman concept of the body and the spirit. He says, no, 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 it is the Lord's. And yet we've never preached on this. We never talk about it. And yet God values and sees your body as his own thing to be utilized, to steward well so that you could be used by him. Number one, what does the Bible teach on it? God expects you to manage your body. Number two, your body is God's property. Number three, your body will be resurrected after you die. Now, let me say this. For anyone that's had a loved one pass recently, I believe very clearly that the scriptures teach that when you pass, your, your, your soul, your spirit goes to be with God. Jesus, when he's on the cross being crucified, turns to the thief next to him and he says, today, not in a millennia, Today, you will be with me in paradise. I believe that you can uh, find rest in knowing that your loved ones, if they knew Jesus as their Savior and Lord, that they go to be with him. But the physical resurrection, the physical body, you won't have yet. That when Jesus returns, there will be a physical resurrection. And I believe you can see this in a couple of passages in the New Testament. But look with me at verse, thir excuse me, verse uh, 14. By his power, God raised the Lord from the dead, and he will raise us also. So your physical body, just as Jesus physically rose from the grave, one day you, there will be a physical resurrection. You will be given your body 2.0, your perfected body. Anybody looking forward to that? Come on now. 
No more physical ailments, none of the problems. When we get to heaven, Eric Maitland's going to be six foot four. No, probably not, right? Like we, you're going to recognize one another, but you're not going to care about all those vain things. Who knows? Maybe being short in heaven is way cooler. Right? Amen? Three people. Thank you. Yeah, that, we don't, we're not going to care about those vain things anymore, but you're not going to have the problems with your body. You're going to love your body. It's going to be perfected, but we also know that you're still going to be recognized because when Jesus was resurrected, people recognized him. That means in heaven, your resurrected body will be perfect, but you'll still look like you. So I I say all of this because, you know, for some of us, when it comes to this area of our life, that we don't really think about that our body will be physically resurrected and perfected, and that we only have so much with this body that's kind of falling apart now. So when we're going to manage it well, we have to be able to address why is it we're failing at it? Why are a third of people obese and two thirds of people overweight in the United States? Well, the obvious is they need to stop eating so much, right? But, but what if there's more to it? Any of you ever started a diet and then you got like three weeks into it and you stopped? Seven honest people, that's great. Because I know most of you have done that. You get on the workout train, you did it for a week or two and stopped. What if we don't just have a, a physical problem that you need to eat healthier and you need to exercise and count your calories, but you also have a spiritual motivation problem that you see it differently if you see it as a Christian? So I want to ask that question, uh, why don't we stick with them? Why don't we stick with these diets and these workout plans and all these things? Here's three quick reasons of why we don't do it. One, we have the wrong motivation. The goal is all about me. I want to look good. I want to be good, and the way I'm going to do that is I'm going to work hard, I'm going to get those gains, and I'm going to be the one to focus on it. I'm going to learn things like my macros and micros and all that kind of stuff so that I could be able to look good. You may need to do that, but I got news for you. You're not going to look like you're 18 years old the rest of your life, right? It's not going to happen. Your body eventually is going to fall apart. It happens to each of us. But the, way, the reason so many of us stop caring for our bodies is because we have this motivation, it's, it's about me, rather than seeing it as a spiritual issue. That you want to care for your body, not so that you can look good, that may be a, nothing wrong with that, right? But like you're going to do it so that you could actually be used more by God. And I'll get into the details of that here in a little bit. But maybe it's, it's all about you. You're always wanting to look a certain age and Some of you stopped looking at age a long time ago and it's time to accept reality, all right? And start saying, I want to look healthy and be healthy so that I could be used by the Lord. It's a spiritual issue. It's not about me. Number two, the reason we stop, I'm basing my act on my own willpower rather than on God's power. Did you see the first three verses talking about when you're physically resurrected, what brings the physical resurrection about? Look at verse 14 again with me. It says, by his power, by his power is what resurrects you from the grave. So at the same time that seeing the motivation for your physical health is by his power changes it. Let me explain a little bit further. I teach this all the time in my discipleship huddle. This passage is talking about sexual morality. I talk about it in the area of lust or any area where you lack the willpower to live the way that you want. That when we give in to lust and desires and eating and inhaling and drinking things that we know are bad for our body, 
that it's actually a sinful issue, rather than living in the guilt and shame of it, we say, okay, God, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to talk to you about it. I've got a problem. I keep trying to will this, and it's not happening. But 2 Timothy 1.7 says, for God does not give us a spirit, the Holy Spirit, of fear, but of what? Power, love, and what? Self-discipline. Self-discipline. So if you lack the self-discipline and self-control to see an area of your life improve from a spiritual Christian biblical perspective, it means you don't have a willpower problem. You have a Holy Spirit problem. That spiritually, you're not allowing the Holy Spirit to live in you, motivating you to live differently and to identify that's the issue that I actually need to address so that I can stick with this stuff. Number three, why don't we stick with these things? You try to do it all on your own. You need the Spirit of God empowering you so that His Holy Spirit gives you the self-control and self-discipline, but you also need other people around you. You were wired for community. It wasn't good for Adam to be alone in the Garden of Eden. It's not good for you to be alone as you address these physical things in your life. That's why uh, people uh, that are in our church that are struggling with different addictive habits, they get into our Freedom Recovery Outpost, or we even have an AA that uses the facility here. Because they're saying, my physical body won't be destroyed any longer by these things because it's affecting me physically, but also spiritually. And then it's affecting my family. and It's affecting my finances and all the wellness things that we're looking at. The same is true with our areas of lust in our life. And the same is true for the things that we eat. One of my good friends, when he was in his 20s, he was never like the guy like me that was looking in the mirror in the gym. But he was always in good health. Like just stayed, he liked to exercise and do physically fit things. He said, Josh, one of the spiritual temptations I have is when I go to the refrigerator, the enemy's always trying to get me to eat these things I shouldn't be eating and drink these things I shouldn't be drinking that would be bad for my physical health. And I was like, you don't have a spiritual problem. You need to indulge a little bit. That's why you got to go out there and exercise so you can eat. I love ice cream. Anybody love ice cream? Come on now. And I've always remembered that all these years later because I understood that he was right. Sometimes as an adult, one of my great temptations as I go to the fridge is to overeat something I don't really need. But I want that, the lust of the flesh, so to speak. I want that next thing that tastes good. Maybe that's you. So a, a few other ways of what the Bible teaches. So if you're going to try and do, live differently, you're going to get Christian community to help you in this area of your life. You're going to open up to your rooted group or your huddle or your outposts Number four, you need to see your body is connected to the body of Christ. It's not just about you, right? 1 Corinthians uh, 6, 15 and 18. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ himself? Should I take members of them and, and unite them with the prostitute? Never. Verse 18. Flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a person commits are outside the body. Whatever sins sexually sins against their own body. That what's at stake here is that if you participate in sexual sin here, it says, it's like you're taking Jesus with you to the brothel. That's a horrible image to think about, right? But the same is true in the other areas of your life, that when you are destructive to the physical body God has given you, you're not seeing yourself as connected to God and other believers. When Jesus departed and went to the right hand of the Father, the physical body of Christ was no longer on earth. Just the Holy Spirit was given to us to live out through Christians living together, which was referred to as what in the New Testament? The body of Christ, the physical body of Jesus is now believers when we come together, that we're all uniquely spiritually gifted. So when you do things that harm your physical body, you are doing things that's destructive, not just to you, but to other people around you. Addresses the issue of sexual sin here. And we can see that in churches all across America, right? 
Two people meet each other. They start dating. They get physically involved without marriage being a part of the process. And then they break up and it's destructive to them and their spiritual walk. And then it affects the other friends that they have at the church. And then you know how it is in the the dating world. Then one of you has to find a new church. And before you know it, all of this division occurs simply because of this one area of struggle. We know that to be true for sexual sin. I believe it's also true for when we drink too much or we eat too much. It affects more than just ourselves. It affects our friends and our families and becomes destructive in our life. Number five, what the Bible teaches is the Holy Spirit lives in your body. 1 Corinthians 6, 19. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. That means that your physical, when uh, Jesus was crucified on the cross in the Gospel of Matthew, it says that the temple curtain was torn in two. See, the most holy of holies where the Ark of the Covenant was kept was where the Spirit of God resided in a physical building they called the temple, which meant the house of God, Bethel, house of God. And that, that curtain tore in two because no longer was the Spirit of God in a building. That he's in the life of every believer who surrenders their life to Jesus Christ because of his crucifixion and resurrection. You be forgiven for all the mistakes. Live eternally with him, but also receive his Holy Spirit, the advocate now, so that you could be used by God. If your body is truly a temple of the Holy Spirit, if some of you saw a, a group of people one evening, came here to one of the Mercy Road Church physical locations, and they're spray painting all kinds of heinous things on the building. They're vandalizing, throwing rocks through the window. You see them come in here and looting stuff and taking technology and other things and running out with it and and selling it online. How many of you would be a little bit upset about that? What's wrong with the rest of you? (laughs) Where's David Rothenberg? Some of you are like, I'm never raising my hand no matter how many times you ask me questions. I'll tell you, I know that we would be upset, right? Because that's not right. I'm calling the police. And yet we vandalize the temple of the Holy Spirit, on a daily and weekly basis. Can we get real for a second? Like, when we have just that too much alcohol that we're thinking about the moment in which we're living in and the times that we're facing, and we turn to alcohol rather than God, it's not just destructive to the things that you might do or say that maybe not, may not be of the Lord, but also is having physical tolls on your body. Did you know that uh, one of my good friends, uh, his wife worked on the ICU floor at one of the major hospitals here in Indianapolis for many years. And she told me once, Josh, the number one thing in the ICU units are people with liver disease due to alcohol after decades and decades of drinking. I talked to uh, uh, somebody that's employed at Fairbanks and I mentioned the opiate crisis and it's a major problem in our culture continues, needs to be addressed. But he said the number one issue they face at Fairbanks, or at least that that's, this was a few years ago, so I don't know if it's changed, was actually alcohol addiction. That alcohol addiction is such a destructive thing to our physical bodies that we, we miss out on. And look, today's not about sexual sin or alcoholism or any of these things or about guilt or shame. It's about addressing the problems we have with caring for the physical body, the, the temple that God has given us. See, point number six, Jesus bought your body. 1 Corinthians 6.20, you are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. If, we have not, if we're not honoring God with our body, we're failing to manage and steward what he has entrusted us with well. Here's the thing I would tell you right now. I know that if some of you, if I told you right now that I've got a secret pill 
and you could buy my secret pill and it would extend your life for five years. You just got to meet me out in the lobby. It's $99.99. $100 bills. You just come and bring it to me. I'm going to extend your life with this pill. Uh, but one, one pill, that's all you got to take. You would rush me out in the lobby. Everybody would be lining up with your Benjamins and wanting me to give me all the money that I could get because you would love to extend your life. But the Bible teaches us to care for our physical bodies, to see it as a temple of the Holy Spirit because he wants to extend your life enough that you could be used by him to make an impact with your life. I got a whole nother part of this sermon. I'm not going to get to it this service because I, I want to share this with you. I didn't say this at the other service. S- some of us in the room and some of us attending online, we have not addressed this area of our life in a really, really long time. And we're kind of embarrassed about it. Maybe you have some shame about it or guilt, or maybe you feel like I'm never going to look like so-and-so. God's not into the comparison game. He created you on purpose and for a purpose. He is not disappointed in the way that he made you. Do you know that the value of God, that God places on your physical body, on your life? Look, Look what this passage ends with in 1 Corinthians 6, verse 20. You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your body that that you were bought at a price. What price was that? He was crucified, whipped with a cat of nine tails, nailed to the cross where he would suffocate to death, all so that you could be redeemed and forgiven. And, And if you're sitting there going, man, this life is hard this year and I'm just giving up, I get it, but you don't understand how much God values you and he values that you care for that temple that he has entrusted you with so that you could be used mightily by him during this season. And look, you may not look like, uh, you know, the latest supermodel or you may not be the next bodybuilder or you may never play in the NFL or the NBA, but you're gonna be the best version physically of yourself to just care for your temple enough that God could use you. And when people see the change in your life, don't just tell them, well, I wanted to look good in the mirror. Tell them I did this because God cares about my body and I wanna be able to keep it healthy so I could tell you the good news of Jesus, that he died for you for the forgiveness of sins. He rose from the grave, overcoming death itself, that anybody who believes and receives his grace and forgiveness can live eternally with him in heaven. So you better care for what he's entrusted you with now. And I'm convinced that there are generations of people who are are dying physically earlier than they should. Two-thirds of Americans are considered overweight. Let's address it. As I close out my time, let me tell you this. So I've shared some of the physical issues that I've had. And I told you I had my appendix removed. I've, I've felt a lot of guilt about that, if I'm totally honest with you. It's just like I didn't really value the body God had given me. What does that mean for my kids? I can't go back. I can't put it back in. You know, I don't know about you, but like looking at this differently, it, it's going to matter not just to God. It should matter to your life. It'll make you a better employee. It'll make you be able to handle the anxiety and worry we're facing with better. And it's going to make it so that God could use you more. And so as you change those habits, and I'll share online this week some of the additional ways to do that in your life, I want to encourage you and challenge you to see the spiritual issue that's at hand. And here's just a couple of takeaways. First of all, this Tuesday night at 7 o'clock in the parking lot, we're going to have music blaring. I'm going to be there. My son is going to be there. He's 11. Yeah, 
Uh, the, the Cheatums were with me last week. We did kind of a test run of this thing. We're going to do an hour of workout outside, socially distant. You're online and you, can't, you don't want to come inside a building. I get it. We're going to be outside, socially distant, and we're going to have the first ever Mercy Road workout together. And I'm going to love it. Pastor Trevor is going to help lead us in this. He's a CrossFit guy. He knows how to do it. So if you're like really into fitness, he's going to push you this week. But one of the things that surprised me, the, the workouts he's doing, if you can barely even walk like 100 yards, it's still going to give you some opportunities to improve your physical health. He's got all kinds of variations to do. And some of you are more out of shape than you realize. Right? We were doing this thing. Uh, James, man, I couldn't walk. Or I was having trouble walking for three days. I was hurting. And can I show you? What got me so, so, in so much pain? This was it. Are you ready? It's very, it's very strenuous. Here's what I did. <laughs> I, it's called a reverse lunge. Is that right? And I did it with a, a knee up. I did that like, I don't know, a number of times. I was in so much pain, guys. The days after, I was like, whoo, I better start working on this. So come out. We're going to have a blast this Tuesday night, 7 o'clock. It's for the next four weeks of this teaching series, 7 o'clock, out in the parking lot. We're going to have fun together as a church family, getting physically healthy. If there is rain, it is canceled, but otherwise we'll see you out there. And then the second thing, I want to give you a chance to respond this morning and say, I'm not going to let the enemy's temptations be destructive in my life anymore. I'm going to let the Holy Spirit step in and give me the self-control I need to improve this area of my life. Will you pray with me? God, I pray for every person who is here right now. I pray for those who are attending online right now that the truth is this is a struggle area of their life. Whether it's the food that they've been eating and overeating, the lack of exercise, whether it's been the, the drugs that they have been taking into their body, the, the, the alcohol that they have been drinking. God, that today we would admit that we have an issue and a problem. And we're not going to let the enemy tell us we should live in the guilt and shame of it anymore. We're not embarrassed about it. We're proud that you have given us this body and we want to care for it. And so we pray, God, that we would surrender this area to you and that you would give us your Holy Spirit to empower us to live differently, that we might care for that temple that you've entrusted us with. If that's you here in the room and you know this is a, a stronghold the enemy has used for years and you're going to begin to change this morning, you're going to surrender to the Lord, you're going to surround yourself with Christian community, you're going to get a professional help in in this area, I want you to pray this silently as I pray it out loud. God, I confess that I need you. I surrender my physical body to you. I receive your forgiveness and grace. I receive your Holy Spirit, and I repent of the destruction I have done to my body. But I'm going to be changed. The old is going to be gone. The new has come, and I surrender my life to you fully. Use me, Lord Jesus. Improve my physical health. We pray this in your name and all God's family said. Amen. Amen.